You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. My Strategy with author and personal growth coach John M. Hawkins. John will provide coaching and inspiration, motivation and advice on your personal development in order to help you with the best decision making possible. So now please welcome the host of My Strategy, John M. Hawkins. Hello and welcome everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is called My Strategy. We're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network in Tune In Radio. Today we're going to be talking about second impressions also count. First impressions are very important, but they're not the only thing. We also want to have good second impressions. All right, well, very happy to be here with you today. Saturday is a great day of the week to reflect on your prior week and think about all that you have accomplished, your plans for the upcoming week, keeping in mind that now or any time is a good time to assess your personal development strategy. And that's what we do here on the My Strategy Radio Show. Our show continues to grow. We're available on iHeart, iTunes, Player FM, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and many more digital platforms. You can find me on most social media platforms. Uh, my Twitter handle is at HawkinsJohn. That's at HawkinsJohn. And the website is JohnMHawkins.com. Just like anything in life, we need to have a strategy and a plan to help us reach our goals because the best laid plans don't always work. And this week, I'm looking for stories on second impressions or first impressions. Do you have a good example, perhaps a tip or a trick that you'd like to share with us? We'd love to hear about it. All right, so today we're talking about second impressions. We'll cover uh, first impressions before we get to second impressions and how important they are. I'm going to say that we have seven seconds to make a good first impression, or perhaps it could be 30 seconds or 20. There's different data out there suggesting the amount of time it takes to make a good first impression. We're going to talk about second impressions as well and how they are very important. Sometimes we get lazy because the first impression went well. We don't put as much effort into that second impression. Talk a little bit about that. What happens when you botch your first impression. Every impression we make doesn't always go as planned. So we want to think about how we can make up it in our second impression. Talk a little bit about prepping for interviews. That's an important place or event for us to make good impressions. And then we'll put together a strategy for you. All right, so let's get started. Um, I want to start off with how to make a good digital first impression. As you're aware, with many working from home, we're now in a new 
in a new time where everything that we do with regard to work is virtual. Got an article here by Matt Oshley. He says last month he was introduced to a senior that he was going to conduct. He was remote in his office at home, which upon closer inspection appeared to be a professional working environment. However, his reason for the close inspection was threefold. He appeared to be wearing a wrinkled dress shirt, no jacket, could barely hear him, poor audio, and his video was a bit blurred. Maybe his shirt wasn't even wrinkled. He wasn't sure. And since then, he found himself assessing the digital press preference, I'm sorry, digital presence of everyone, newscasters, webinar attendees, senior managers, wholesale sponsors. Some make good digital first impressions, but many do not. Granted, everyone's a little more casual when working from home, but the author's suspicion is that there's a lot of financial advisors who are not making a good impression on our digital world and other Advisors, And how many times do you do that? I know I do that. When I see somebody on video, especially working from home, you notice the video quality. You're going to notice, uh, you know, the lighting. You're going to notice what is in their background. That's how we gain information about them and learn more about them. So it's important for us to have that good first impression. And since we're not able to do it in person and live, we want to do the best we can. So that's what this article is all about. He starts off by saying here that one thing you should check for is attire. The tendency to dress more casual when working from home is understandable. Clients get it. However, dress for success never left the arena, albeit it's slightly different on video calls. You might not need to wear a tie or a crisp dress shirt if you are a man. Uh, women should also wear a professional top, not trendy active wear. If you're sitting behind a desk, you could be wearing shorts for all he cares. So depending on how much of you is shown, we should probably think about dressing appropriate. Says the old rule of thumb in terms of dressing is whenever in doubt, dress one notch up. Audio. Well, you certainly can dial in via phone, a decent microphone plugged into your computer will always provide a much richer tone. The quality of microphones that are built into computers vary widely. He says, do yourself a favor and have your friend, spouse, or colleague help assess whether or not your audio is crisp. He can tell you the number of times he's had to ask inaudible advisors to repeat themselves, whether it's garbled, too soft, or the connectivity goes in and out. He suggests using a another auxiliary microphone, such as a blue snowball or any of the other, a blue Yeti, uh, for recording. He says if there's a connectivity issue, things get a bit more complicated. could be a router or other, so check your um, cable, your internet provider, and see if there's a way you can upgrade it. Video, numerous factors contribute to the quality of your video. At this stage, he's going to focus on the quality of your camera. He says every laptop, desktop, computer nowadays most likely has some sort of built-in camera. But they don't all have good cameras. 
And uh, it's important to test the quality of your camera. And if it's not good quality, consider an upgrade. Framing says this is all about you and your camera, where and how you sit in relation to the camera both impacts your audio and video quality. Too far and you not, might not be heard, or you could be slouching, you might appear too casual, and much more. He also suggests elevating your computer a bit so that you have to look slightly up to the camera. Good lighting, make sure you've got good lighting in place. The background, spend an hour looking at news programs and you're likely to see a series in a series of interviews. Since every one of these persons is interviewed in a remote location, pay close attention to their background. Note their attire, lighting, quality of audio and video. Some will be more professional than others. He says none of this is very complicated, but it does require attention to detail and at times the most minute details. That said, making a good first digital impression is now a success factor in this new upside-down world. You know, and I think this is extremely important for us, especially in this time. You know, we, we, when we went out in public, and let's say you're traveling, you go to a hotel, you take your best suit, your best casual wear, perhaps, you have a chance to look yourself over, you know, you go out into the, the business world and have your meetings, and, and that's your first impression. In today's day, we haven't even been into the office, many of us, in, in almost a year now. And as a result of that, it's becoming increasingly more difficult for us to provide that first impression, but also that second impression. So as we start to think about our persona, and who we are, and what we're trying to accomplish with regard to personal development, it might be time for us to consider how we are coming across in, in digital mediums. And I think this is also something to think about, not only from a first impression perspective, but what are those subsequent impressions like? How are people seeing us the second time? And that's what we're talking about today. You're listening to My Strategy. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network in TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about the very important second impressions. We'll be right back. If you seek a courageous advocate, prepare to champion your rights with consumer service agencies that support aging populations. Carol Ann Hamilton is the one for you. Carol Ann is an elder care coach, author, and speaker with a quarter million hours lived experience successfully supporting unculpable aging parents. As a result of a challenging journey, Carol Ann revolutionizes how stressed out caregivers restore serenity to their worlds. She also brings a over 25 years of change management expertise in Fortune 500 settings to catalyze urgent transformation within the elder care industry. Carol Ann is a popular speaker at conferences across North America. She has appeared via TV, radio, and print globally. Now you can tune in weekly to get a dose of her inspiration plus down-to-earth advice to cope with even the most difficult aging parents. Listen Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern on Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is called My Strategy, and we come to you live 
via the VBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Our episodes are on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Today we're talking about the second impression. We did a little recap on first impressions in the first segment. Talked about the importance of making a good digital first impression. And in this segment, I want to transition to the second impression, which can count just as much as the first impression. And in some cases, it's more important than that first impression. I've got an article here by Tim Sanders, where he talks about ways to make a great second impression. Tim starts by saying, you don't get a second chance to make a great first impression. Or do you? Tim is a motivational speaker and author of The Likeability Factor. He says that all important second meeting is what could get you the job, lend you the client, solidify a new friendship. He said he was recently invited to meet with an important CEO for a second time. In the first meeting, he hit it off like old friends and remarkably that his insight into his business was spot on. It would be easy to assume that was because their rapport was strong. And the second meeting may lead to prosperous rewards, which would have been a consulting job for Tim and highly connected friend in his network. However, instead of thinking this will be a piece of cake, he knew he needed to spend some quality time preparing for that second meeting. So Tim went and did his research. He said the second impression is just as important as the first. We put too much weight into the first impression and assume that that's all that counts. Then people can get lazy, thinking that the encore performance is a freebie. That will obviously turn out well because we dig each other, right? He says, don't kid yourself. You'll never win someone over completely with one great meeting. In our relationships, business, and social situations, he's found the second meeting to be the hardest of all. This is especially true when the first meeting went relatively well. He says, psychologists are right that a first impression that is extreme can be positive or negative and will set the tone for the relationship. It doesn't define its boundaries or potential. Subsequent encounters determine the real quality of a relationship, yet sadly, we don't train people for this. We just focus on that first impression. And how important is this? You know, in business, in personal lives, you might meet somebody and you have a great first impression. It's like going to your favorite coffee shop and having that first cup of coffee or going to a new coffee shop and having that first cup of coffee and it's perfect. Right temperature. They might have had a snack or some food and that was perfect. But then you go back in that Second impression, coffee was cold, perhaps. The food didn't taste the same. Well, it's the same way with us and our second impressions. We want to make sure that we're putting our best foot forward and continuing to provide that high-quality um, impression that we provided in the first one. He says, here's what's really going on. During the first meeting, people decide if we're likable, familiar, nice, and relatable. He says, once that hurdle is crossed, though, they look for a connection. What value is that person going to provide? Can they feel empathy? Being relevant to someone's need or interest takes the relationship to the next level. And I think this is important, right? It's, you know, one thing to go meet somebody, talk to them, 
But what's going to start ha- help you with those second conversations? Are you providing value? Is there something that this person is benefiting by in being in a second meeting with you and ultimately which could lead into a relationship? So I think that's what is important for us from a personal development perspective is to really start thinking about, you know, what is the value that we provide? What are the things that people come to us to help them with? What are the problems that uh, people come to us wanting us to solve? And that's what we want to start thinking about with regard to those second impressions and so on and subsequent impressions. Because that first impression, while it can be great, it's not going to ensure that you uh, continue the relationship. He says over the past few years, he's come up with some tips that will help you have a great second meeting. First tip is remember the details of every meeting. This is the golden rule of being good conversationalist or customer-oriented. And if you can't remember them, I suggest taking notes. Try not to repeat yourself too much. Everyone has their greatest hit stories, jokes, and observations. But if your story gets repeated too many times, people will start to ignore you. Overprepare. As much as you've prepped yourself for the first meeting, give as much or more effort for the second. Conditions change. Audiences change. And contemporary events change. Your value, proposition, and premise may also change. Be grateful for the chance to meet again. If a meeting in business for the first time, be grateful for the time with them. Take it to the next level. Don't just think of this as another meeting. Life is short. Do your best to convert this warm, fuzzy transaction into a powerful relationship. I think it's also important to not to waste somebody's time. You know, if you're going to have a conversation with them, and that conversation is going to last 30 minutes, make sure you are concise with your objective. Uh, Make sure that you are respectful of their time. Make sure that you have a win-win goal that you, or win-win outcome from the meeting. You know, many times you think about the meeting and time can get out of hand or it just continues to trot along and you end up going over time. So it's important, I think, too, also to make sure that the expectations that you set is what you are doing in the meeting. Because, you know, many times, especially with video and working from home, it's not like we have to shut down and uh, walk to our next meeting. Uh, We just have to, you know, bring up our video and uh, join that way. So uh, I think it's spoiled us a little bit in that sense. Um, you know, it's easy now to get from one, one video meeting to the next, whereas in the past we had to perhaps go to a completely different campus. Uh, we might have had to walk uh, a distance to get there. Um, you know, when you have lunches and catering and all those things that you're bringing into meetings, that also can take some time. So as we're thinking about our first impressions and our second impressions, you know, what is, what is that second impression experience for those that we are working with? How do they see us? Are we being seen as somebody who is providing value 
who has empathy for them? Are we somebody who is solving problems? Or are we just looking to make connections, network, and you know get to know people? So from that perspective, I think it's important that you know while we are out in the world uh, having first impressions, really start to analyze what is that first impressions to others? Is the video crisp and clear? Is the audio crisp and clear? Are we repeating ourselves or are we not repeating ourselves? When we meet the next time, are we taking account to what the prior conversation was and continuing where we were, um, you know, where we left off? So I think those are all things that we can start to think about as we're building our strategy for these second impressions and it's really important for us to not only evaluate ourselves, uh, which is important for us to do, but also ask others for their input. What do they see when we are on the call? What do they, um, you know, what's their perception? You know, ask a friend, ask a partner, a relative, somebody who has the ability to provide you some, some critique and some constructive criticism. And in getting that constructive criticism, it's going to help us uh, be better at those second impressions. You're listening to My Strategy. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network in TuneIn Radio. What happens when you botch your first impression? We're going to talk about that right after the break. We'll be right back. According to the American Nurses Association, there are approximately three and a half to four million nurses in the United States. So where do all these nurses work? What kind of roles do they have? What kind of education and training help to prepare them for so many different settings? What kind of impact do nurses have on patient outcomes? The World Health Organization has announced that 2020 will be the year of the nurse, honoring the 200th birth anniversary of Florence Nightingale, an international initiative called Nurse Nursing Now is underway to raise the profile of nursing. The National Academy of Medicine has convened a committee to create the future of nursing 2020 to 2030 that will focus on how the nursing profession can create a culture of health, reduce health disparities, and improve the health and well-being of the U.S. population. Learn more and join Joyce Batchelor on All About Nursing, Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on the BBM Global Network. Mike Zorick, a three-time California state champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 114 pounds. Mike, blind since birth, was born in Hartford, Connecticut. He was a six-time national placer, including two seconds, two-thirds, and two-fourths. He also won the veteran's folk-style wrestling twice at 152 pounds. In all these tournaments, he was the only blind competitor. Nancy Zorick, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorick has enjoyed a fruitful career doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for The Nancy and Mike Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on the B. BBM Global Network. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is called My Strategy. 
or coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. We're very happy to be here with you today. Glad you can join us. Uh, my strategy radio show episodes are live and on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Today we're talking about second impressions, and they also count. Right before the break, uh, we were talking about those second impressions and how sometimes we can get lazy, not put as much effort into that second meeting as we probably should. And if we've you know, messed up our first impression, perhaps our second impression, what can we do about that? So in this segment, I want to talk a little bit about botched second impressions. Since we don't always get our first impressions right. And also, I think going forward, as we are developing, you know, doing our personal development, it's important for us to make sure that the image that we are portraying, the value that we're providing is consistent, is something that people are, you know, finding useful, that we're helping others. Because when we do that, that is going to provide um, value for them, and they're going to come to us for more help, uh, which is good. All right, so I've got an article here uh, by Mary Grace Garris. She's talking about those botched first impressions. She says, if you're ever afraid you've made a bad first impression, and I'm going to interject in here, or perhaps a bad second impression, third impression, or any subsequent impression. I think these these rules apply. She says, you know, considering that it takes approximately seven seconds to make a first impression, or tenth of a second, or twenty seconds, you've probably witnessed or been guilty of making some missteps in that time. Um, in some cases, you might have knocked it out of the park. But how are you going to reverse the damage if you did have a bad first impression? How are you going to repair that image? So she talks about some things for us to think about. You know, and this is, is be, you know, in addition to making sure that we're dressed appropriately, making sure that our audio is clear, our video is clear, or, you know, all those other things. But she says... Get real with yourself. Before you exercise damage control, remember that you're probably your own harshest critic. You may think that you're doing the right thing by apologizing for your mood, but you might just draw extra attention to something that the other person didn't even notice was off. Now, this is an incredibly important point here. We've done you know, lots of shows on, the, on perception and what reality is. And many times we are our own harshest critic. And from that perspective, we, you know, if we, if I were to raise my voice or if I were to, you know, not be sure about something in my brain, I think that that's a big deal. But you as a listener might not be perceiving my, my feelings the same way that I am perceiving them. In fact, you're not. So as a result of that, we can start to overanalyze ourselves. We can start to over, you know, look at this and be much too critical on our appearance. 
And I think this is important for, for me and for others to think about this from that perspective that, you know, many people want us to be successful. If you were to go up and give a presentation, you want somebody to uh, be able to complete their speech. You want them to be able to do it successfully. It's uncomfortable for many of us, especially those who ha have high empathy, to watch someone up on a stage who is slowly failing. It is extremely uncomfortable. So many people want you to be successful. So as you you know, start to think about the first impressions and the second impression and reflect on those meetings, realize that you are your harshest critic and you might be overanalyzing the situation. You might not, but you could be. She says, you're probably making it out in your head that it was worse than it was, says Susie Moore, who's a life coach. Most people focus on themselves and didn't even notice the blunder you nearly as much as you're guessing they did. All right, the second thing is, just say sorry and move on. Don't dwell on it. She said, if you feel it was truly significant, you can straight out apologize, Moore says. Helpful hint for situations that warrant a straightforward apology. If you feel you are outwardly rude to the person in question, because then you actually have something to apologize for. But if it's just simply a matter of being off in, a, in an off mood, you might just want to share human to human where you were coming from. Describe the situation. And I think that makes perfect sense, right? If you are distracted at the beginning of the video call, if you you know, were finishing up something or you had to take a call or look at your phone, you know, those are all indicators that you aren't paying attention or that you are getting distracted. And especially when you're on video and you're seeing and hearing the other person they're going to pick up on that. So just be cognizant of that. Be aware of that and know that if you do something like that, just explain yourself. Um, you know, oh, I've, I was, if I get a text and I look at my phone, I might say, oh, you know, my daughter was supposed to reach out to me. I was just checking that to make sure everything's okay. You know, couple couple words here and there. I've set the expectation, and then that way they know that I'm not looking at my, my, my clock, you know, thinking, when are we getting out of here, you know, things like that. So, so all those little signals and visual cues have an impression on our audience. She says, smile. People tend to catch others' energy. And if you address the bad first impression with a lot of gravity, the person in question is going to take on that heaviness. And unless you've messed up to epic proportions, it's best to play it off like a simple misunderstanding because it probably is and you're probably a radiant sunflower of a person. So show it. And if, you've, uh, and if you address a perceived poor impression, smile and be light as you do, Moore says. Humans are wired for mimicry. So if you're light and easy, the person you're going to talk to, your person you're talking to is going to be light and easy as well. She then says, once you've made your peace, move on. Because the reality is we can only do so much and control how people perceive us. And when we're the only ones who have to be at peace with our own authentic self. So, yes, you want to get that job. You want to meet that new person. You want to uh, get promoted. You want to be in good graces. But at the end of the day, there's no need to emotionally dwell on it. Accept it and move on. 
You're listening to My Strategy. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to prep for an interview. We'll be right back. America is out of control. Today's capitalism and the approach to money is in fact the symptom of a more widespread pattern of excessive behavior. In his book, The Culture of Excess, How America Lost Self-Control and Why We Need to Redefine Success, clinical psychologist Dr. Jay Slosar portrays an America where excess fuels the drive to succeed. Dr. Slosar examines the cultural factors that lead to excess ranging from obesity to fraud to pervasive budget deficits. His book examines the powerful economic and social factors and their impact on our psychological well-being. Dr. Slosar explores the psychological impact of increasing narcissism, perfectionism, self-destruction, and our identity confusion. He offers recommendations for helping Generation Me become Generation We. Those who resist Slosar's message will want to avoid his discussion of regulation and his recent message that at this point, democracy must be more important than today's capitalism. Get his book now online or by visiting thecultureofexcess.com. Renaissance woman, trailblazer, maverick. Those are just some of the words to describe Tashandra Poulard, owner and CEO of House of Virgo Entertainment, LLC, a woman minority veteran-owned entertainment company based in Washington, D.C. Ms. Poulard served 10 years honorably in the United States Navy and departed from active duty to pursue her dreams of becoming an entertainment mogul. House of Virgo Entertainment offers script writing, producing, directing, DJ services, editing, and more. They cater to businesses, corporations, college students, working professionals, aspiring artists and nonprofit organizations, and employ veterans of the armed forces. Tashandra Poulard is pioneering the way we view media and taking her brand global. Visit her at www.houseofvirgoentertainment.com or call 281-515-3740 and like her on Facebook at House of Virgo Entertainment, LLC. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is called My Strategy, and we're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm very happy to be here with you today. Today we're talking about second impressions also count, talking about how while the first impression is extremely important, it's also and could be more important to have a good second impression. Uh, Right before the break, we were talking about prepping for an I'm sorry, we were talking about botched first impressions and how you won't always get first impressions right. And in this segment, I want to talk about prepping for an interview. The reason I want to talk about prepping for an interview because it gives us something concrete to focus on. And in prepping for an interview, you can use these tips to prep for other types of encounters. All right, I've got an article here by Allison Doyle. She talks in this article about making a good impression at an interview. She says the most important part of a job interview is the beginning. That's when you have the opportunity to make a great impression or a poor one on your interviewer. Some say they know within the first 30 seconds or so whether the person has a shot at getting hired. You probably have a little more time than that. But it's important to make the best impression you can within the first few minutes of meeting your interviewer. Carry it on throughout the interview so you have a good shot at getting the second interview and perhaps a job offer. And this is going to apply to 
anything we do. You know, if you're giving a presentation um, on, on something or if you're in sales and you're trying to sell something, if you're, you know, communicating status, updates, things like that, all of these tips here do apply. Practice is number one. Practice might not make perfect, but it does help you make a good impression. Review the interview question that employers most frequently ask and think about how you would answer them. Wear appropriate attire. It can be really awkward if you show up to the interview overdressed or underdressed. Always dress appropriate for an interview. I think it's important while these are in-person interviews, think about what we talked about in the first segment of today's show. And that was about making a good digital first impression. So in addition to making sure that you are dressed appropriately, it's also important to do audio checks to make sure you've got a good camera, to make sure that lighting is appropriate and 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 looks good. Um, posture, right? We want to make sure we have good posture so all those things come into play. Get the inside scoop. Besides researching the organization, see if you can get some inside information on the company, its employees. Check social media sites like LinkedIn, Facebook, Colleague Network, and more. Review the job posting. Know as much as you can about the job. Review the job posting and know what the employer is looking for and their hiring qualifications. Also take a look at your cover letter and resume and make sure that you're clear about what you can offer. Um, go light, very light on perfume and cologne. Unfortunately, we don't have to worry about that in this uh, in virtual times here. Uh, next one we don't have to worry about, it's avoid sweaty palms. Here's a good one. Take a deep breath, then another. Interviews can be stressful while you're in the restroom. Oh, <laughs> interviews can be stressful. While you're in the restroom, take a few deep breaths. And remember, you're here because you were chosen. For this interview smile i've heard that one before show your enthusiasm show your enthusiasm and passion for what you do and what you'd like to do in your next job also you know show interest so that you are truly interested in the company um, share how you'd be a great fit for this job back up your enthusiasm with facts don't panic even if you've done all the right prep work You've got, you, you can be taken off guard with an interview question that you weren't expecting. Share a story or two. Follow up with the interviewer. And I think something else you can do, you know, it, it's so simple to set up a camera and to record yourself that you could record yourself and ask yourself the questions or have someone ask them and, and you're going to get a much better feeling or perception of you answering those questions as opposed to if you just did the prep but didn't have that visual feedback. You're listening to My Strategy. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about building your strategy. We'll be right back. 
MJ Domit is the owner of Expect to be Empowered, a company whose specialty is empowering people to live their best life by following their heart and accepting themselves unconditionally. After studying and making personal changes, MJ now focuses on giving others tools for self-empowerment. She provides individual and group workshops for people who are physically, emotionally, and spiritually blocked. Inspired by her work at Expect to be Empowered, MJ authored the book Waves of Blue Light, Heal the Heart and Free the Soul with accompanying empowerment cards. She is a Spirit Book of the Year Gold Medal Living Now Book Award winner. And her book is a number one Amazon bestseller in spirituality and was a 2012 gold medal winner recognized as the Living Now Spirit Book of the Year. An inspirational speaker, MJ will show you how you can repurpose every area of your life. Your life did not just happen to you. You chose it, which means you can change it. Visit www.expecttobeempowered.com or call 866-264-8024. Global Glory, that's the work of Dr. Marina McLean, COO of Global Glory, whose calling is to serve God. A first-generation British-born Londoner of Jamaican descent, Dr. McLean inherited the hunger for the Word from her father, who was a Bible teacher. Growing up, her home was filled with missionaries from the Caribbean islands and America, and she travels the world preaching the gospel. She has a Bachelor of Arts degree in theology and an honorary doctorate of divinity and Christian counseling from Friends International Christian University. Dr. McLean is also a songwriter and recording artist, and her songs are written during summits and conferences in the presence of God. She's recorded three worship albums to date and is in ministry for 28 years alongside her husband, Dr. Rennie McLean, who shares her passion. Visit www.globalglory.org or on Facebook at Global Glory. Call 866-244-5679 and feel the glory. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is called My Strategy. We're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. If you're just joining us, great to have you. Happy to be here. Uh, My Strategy radio episodes are live on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Today we've been talking about second impressions also count. Uh, Right before the break, we were talking about prepping for an interview Uh, Because that gave us a concrete example of something that we are all familiar with uh, and um, gave us some tips and tricks on what we can do to make that good first and and also subsequent second impression. All right. So in this segment, I want to talk a little bit about building your strategy. Building your strategy is something that... um, you know, I, from time I, – I did do a lot of – I spent a lot of time in this show emphasizing this. But over the past several episodes or so, I haven't done that. So I wanted to get back to this framework that I use because I think it's important for us, you know, to have some repetition, to have something that's comfortable that we can lean on when we are in a new situation Uh, Because if you have the framework in place and you practice it on a regular basis, when you get into an uncomfortable situation, you can lean on the framework and it gives you the ability to um, think through the the challenge or the problem and also the solution. So it's very simple. It's uh, five steps. Uh, first is awareness. You know, what is your vision, goals? What is it you are trying to achieve? 
once you're aware that you need to do something or that something isn't working, uh, you need to assess and analyze it. Third step is strategize and plan. We then implement the plan and then we need support and evaluation. So with regard to second impressions, you know, we learned in the first segment that our pers perspective or perception of how we are taken is different than those who are perceiving us, right? We're the ones with the emotions. We're the ones who know when we're doing a good job, when we're not doing a good job. So from that perspective, you have to have some sort of awareness that you aren't making good first impressions or some sort of awareness that you're not making the best second impression. And so you've got to look for all these little indicators uh, throughout life. You know, um, are you not getting the job? That's a great indicator. Maybe, maybe there is something you could work on. Do people not want, do people not take your meeting invites and requests? Do they not show up? So there's a lot of indicators that can tell you whether or not you're providing value to uh, people. And as a result of that, it can tell you whether or not you need to work on this. So once we've realized that, the next thing to do is to assess and analyze. And we need to assess the situation and figure out what is it that's not working. So if we're not getting the job, if our meetings aren't going as uh, as they best they could, if we're not developing these really strong relationships and providing value, the question is why? And in in so we have to answer that question. So how do we go about doing that? Um, well, you could, you know, reach out to somebody who does a good job at making second impressions, get their ideas. You could start to collect data. You could record your own calls and see how you are being perceived. Have somebody else lean in and take a look at your calls and provide suggestions on what you can do. So it's not that we just need to sit there and passively attend you know, our, our meetings. We need to be showing on a daily basis what is the value that we're providing. And you can go back through the earlier parts of the show and get some of those tips on what you need to be providing uh, with regard to value. But, you know, think about it from that perspective. Why are they on, on a call with you? What is the value you're providing? Are you wasting their time? Okay, that's one thing. The second thing, though, could be how are you coming across? Is the audio crisp and clear? It can be very frustrating to be on a call when you don't hear somebody's audio or their video isn't working. It could be a technical issue. So when we assess and analyze what is not working and what isn't, we now can go in and make some changes. So strategize and plan. If, if your audio is not working right, how are you going to fix that? You know, are you going to get a third-party microphone um, that you would plug in uh, rather than using the one on your computer? If your lighting's off, what are you going to do to fix it? You know, do you need to have a ring light or some other light? Um, if you're not dressed appropriate for the conversation, what are you going to do to fix it? So we need to think about this from the perspective of, constant improvement model here where 
we're going to make little tweaks, little tweaks, little tweaks. We're going to fix the technical issues. Once the technical issues are fixed, we're going to start to work on ourselves. Did we plan for the meeting? Did we take notes after the meeting? Did we set the objectives? You know, what is it that we are are doing in these meetings? Um, and then we have to implement it, right? You start small. If, uh, if it's lighting, that's something real simple to fix, right? You grab a little lamp and you turn it on and next thing you know, you've got, you know, new light coming in and, and it could help the situation. Um, if it's if it's audio or a technical issue, lots of videos out there talking about what you can do from a technical perspective. Then, um, you know, ask people who do a good job as you're in meetings and looking at backgrounds that you find that are peaceful, that are non-cluttered. How does that person do that? Uh, is it a background that they're using? Or, um, you know, is it something that they've, are they, where are they? Are they in their basement? Are they in their, you know, office? Are they in a dining room? Where are they? And all of that can have an impact. And then we also need to, you know, start to think about it from the perspective of what support and evaluation do we need to help make this change? You know, when it comes time to personal development, everybody has opinions and you can hear someone's opinion, but it really doesn't affect us until we agree to that change. So we say that change is going to help me. And once we can admit that it's going to help us and then we start to work towards it, that is how we start to affect change in our lives. And, and then hopefully we're going to see the results. But the question is, how do we know when we are making progress? And that's when a third party can come in and help you. Now, it could be a friend, a family member, but get somebody who's going to provide you that honest critique and criticism, constructive criticism. You're listening to My Strategy. I am your host, John M. Hawkins. When we come back, we're going to help you put your plan in place. We'll be right back. Escape from Hell, A Woman's Story is a passionate book that tells the true story of author Rhonda Knudsen's journey through the darkness and adversity of abuse. The book takes readers on an emotional trail from the depths of despair to the heights of forgiveness and understanding. She was inspired to help others, and her book is a vital tool through this process. Faithful to God and devotional to her beacon of hope, Rhonda Knudsen is a perfect example of finding a guiding light that helped her come through the dark and into the light. Her book can assist you in overcoming your challenges with abuse. The publication of Escape from Hell, A Woman's Story is a triumphant achievement, and it can help you take ownership of your own experience of abuse and come through stronger than before. Rhonda is currently working on two more books, Shadows of Corruption and Coast to Coast on a Piece of Toast. To read more about this inspiring author and purchase her books, visit RhondaKnutson.com or go to www.amazon.com. If you seek a courageous advocate, prepare to champion your rights with consumer service agencies that support aging populations. Carol Ann Hamilton is the one for you. Carol Ann is an elder care coach, author, and speaker with a quarter million hours lived experience successfully supporting unculpable aging parents. As a result of a challenging journey, Carol Ann revolutionizes how stressed out caregivers restore serenity to their worlds. She also brings 
over 25 years of change management expertise in Fortune 500 settings to catalyze urgent transformation within the elder care industry. Carol Ann is a popular speaker at conferences across North America. She has appeared via TV, radio, and print globally. Now you can tune in weekly to get a dose of her inspiration plus down-to-earth advice to cope with even the most difficult aging parents. Listen Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern on Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is called My Strategy. Coming to you live on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. It's a show about personal development. It's on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. In case you missed this broadcast, you can uh, find it on um, any of the digital platforms in the podcast format. And if you'd like to have something covered on the show, send an email to talk at johnmhawkins.com. That's talk at johnmhawkins.com. Or you can give us a call at 844-MY-STRATEGY. That's 844-MY-STRATEGY. Today we've been talking about second impressions count. They might count just as much, if not more, than the first impression. You know, it does take us a very short time to make a first impression. It could be 7 seconds, 30 seconds, 20 seconds. Research shows that different folks make first impressions, positive and negatives, in different amounts of time after meeting someone. This is important because when we're interviewing for jobs or trying to do a presentation, expand business, whatever it is we're trying to do, we always want to make sure we're putting our best foot forward. But it's not just the first impressions that are important. In fact, it's important to have second impressions be as good, if not better, than the first impression. Many times uh, we can get lazy because that first impression went so well, so we don't put as much effort into that second impression. In fact, some say that the second impression is much harder than the first impression. And it because we um, now, in the first meeting, we talked about how likable we were and relatable, but that second meeting is going to be about what value are we going to be providing? How are we going to help that person? And that is why it is so much more difficult or much more difficult in that second meeting. So we're not likable, relatable. We might be likable and relatable, but it's not about that. It's about what value are we providing? And I also say it's not just that second impression, but subsequent impressions as well. So first, second, third, fourth, fifth, tenth, twentieth, a hundredth, what are we going to how are we going to come across to that person? We talked a lot about a um, little bit about actually about making sure that we had the technical quality in place since we're doing a lot of things um, from a audio you know from a visual perspective and remotely. Make sure you've got good audio, make sure you've got um, good lighting good camera and other things. But we're not always going to have the perfect first or second impression. And in some cases, we're going to botch that impression. Well, we might have messed up the first impression or second impression, but we also need to realize that 
we need to be real with ourselves. Um, you are probably are your harshest critic and the perception that uh, others are seeing from you isn't probably as bad as you are seeing. So don't dwell on it. Try smiling. Make peace with your impression and move on. Now, when it comes time to prepping for an interview, make sure you practice. Make sure that you make a good impression by wearing appropriate attire. Research the interview. Research the company and more. And as you're thinking about whether or not a good second impression or first impression is something that you need to be working on, look at it from the five-step process of awareness. What are we trying to accomplish? We need to assess and analyze who we are and what sort of impressions we are making on others. Don't be afraid to implement that plan and get the support and evaluation that you do need to change. Also, keep in mind that breaking habits can be hard. We need to be aware of those patterns and replace them with better patterns. And that's going to take some conscious prioritization and commitment to our goals. And in making that commitment and prioritization and focusing on those areas in our lives that we want to get better at is the way we will be better people. Well, that's all the show we have for today. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Take care. This has been My Strategy with your host, John M. Hawkins. Listen each week as John reminds us that just like elite athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of their coaches, he is here to help you achieve your highest goals possible. Here each week on My Strategy. been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company. 